This podcast contains adult language and mature themes, which may not be suitable for all listeners. So listen at your own fucking risk. Essential NPCs, the podcast where we sample some of the best and possibly some of the worst tabletop RPGs. I'm Addie. And I'm Tommy. And you're listening to Series 4, Episode 7, City of Nightmares. Ooh. And let's start it off with some announcements. We don't have any announcements for you this day. What? What a shocking announcement. Um, <laughs> in case you didn't know, you can uh, find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can support us on Patreon. Uh, every dollar helps. Um, yeah, we don't have any announcements uh, uh, yeah. beyond the standard plugs. Um, I think that's the first time ever that we haven't had any announcements. Yeah. We'll have something exciting next week. Yeah, we'll think of something. <laughs> we'll think of something. We obviously need to make more fun things that we can tell you about. <laughs> um, so on that bombshell, let's move on <laughs> into Words with the GM. Hello. Hello, GM. Hello. Uh, this Words with the GM Hello. is uh, about Series 4, Episode 6, Blackwater. Oh, yeah. Blackwater, um, which uh, could be a reference to, you know, Percival Blackwater's name, uh, but it also uh, it also was you know you guys were on the water what with the rafts and then there was also you know water infused with pheromones to make the beast attack people. Uh, so uh, I was trying to think of something to do with water and then I just went with black water. It makes sense. <laughs> we do wrap up the mystery of Felion in this episode very very quickly at the beginning uh, and then you guys move on your way to uh, uh, to try and get out of Tordrian and across the Hurricane Sea, um, which is all fun and good. But uh, I want to take a moment to um, point out that uh, I may have mentioned before that this is the campaign that never was. And uh, that's because I ran this campaign a while ago uh, for a different group of people. And we only got to play a few sessions of it. And then the group kind of fell apart. And leaving Felion marks the end of uh, this campaign's pre-played content. Ah, I see. So no more rehearsals uh, have been done. Yeah. Now I don't know what I'm doing anymore. <laughs> no, um, I, I was like really bummed. It was years ago when, when I played this campaign and it was a, it was a, a real disappointment that I never really got to see it through. Um, and so when we were thinking about doing Tefra, I, I couldn't not do this campaign again. I immediately was like, yeah, uh, we can, we can definitely do Tefra, but I'm going to do the Atroposian circuit because I've never, I've never gotten to complete it. And, uh, it was really, really satisfying to, to know that I was actually going to see the end of this campaign, but it was also, uh, surprisingly challenging, uh, because I had to make changes to the stuff that I had already played through, um, mostly because of the format of the podcast. Um, and that's because like a session in a normal, like, you know, RPG group is, you know, anywhere between four to six hours. And our episodes are around an hour to an hour and a half of like episode content afterwards with the GM. And the first order of business was to uh, trim down some of the content so that uh, it could not take up as much time like 
hours played wise. Yeah. And um, that's actually uh, something that I've had to do for the podcast as well. But also in other games in uh, real life, quote unquote, um, a lot of times with organized play, you go to a, a convention and you are limited with the amount of time that you can do and given more content than you can handle if you're going to role play. Um, and so, uh, it's, it's definitely a skill that GMs should have in their back pocket to be like, no, this is the, this is the thing that's important to me as I go through. And these are the plot points I want to hit. And if they're going through quickly, then they can hit these like B plot points. Yeah. I guess it's kind of like there's, there's two ends to the, to the same, uh, process, which is, um, trimming down pre-existing content. Like I had to do for, uh, these few plot points of the Atroposian circuit. Uh, and then the other aspect is like also kind of doing it on the fly when you have to, like if you have certain encounters planned out for the night and then you realize it's going on too long, but you're like, but I don't want to end the session halfway through this. I want to end the session at like the resolution. So maybe they don't have to fight that pack of wolves, like to get to the cabin. Like maybe they just go Yeah, <laughs> and, and you just cut that out on the fly. Yeah. And, and I know that when I'm planning a session, I do have my A points and B points and C points, uh, where it's like, they could talk to this guy or they could talk to that guy. Um, and then, you know, the B points, which are like, these are important. It will give them insight, but like, if they don't hit them, that's okay. And then I have my A points, which is like the mystery or like the plot <laughs> of the actual event that you want to have. Um, and being able to sort of like tick those off and being like, okay, this is going a really long time. I'm not, this person doesn't exist anymore. And, um, with those points that I sort of like, uh, scribble out, I don't like erase them. I take them and usually I'll plug them in somewhere else. I was just about to say, um, even if you cut content, you, you could, and that's, this is just like all around. Like if you ever, if your players take a left turn and you don't get to use something, you can use it later. They yeah. don't know. Surprisingly, <laughs> that church can appear in every town until they actually go. To <laughs> yeah. First it's a church. Then it's a brothel. Then it's an <laughs> inn. Please go into a building. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I'm excited to move forward now with uh, content that I have not play tested before, I guess you could say, um, going and, and, and playing stuff that I've only thought about and maybe wrote, written a couple notes on being like, this would be cool if this happened in this country. Mm -hmm. And then I have to actually flush it out and like, it's fresh again. It's new. It's as new for me as it is for you guys. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, the episodes following. So before we move forward, let's take one last look back. And what was your favorite part? Well, uh, because it was new and fresh, um, during the, the jailbreak of Jebediah Longsworth. Oh, that was stressful. That's, that's, was my favorite part. That, <laughs> <laughs> that right there, you just being like super stressed out over it. I, I, I liked that I was able to create, uh, enough of a like uncertainty, um, as to whether or not this was going to work, um, because it's it's easy it's easy for um, uh, players who are like royalty or who can pull rank to feel confident when they do so, uh, and it, I think it's actually pretty difficult to uh, uh, manufacture a situation where they're not a hundred percent certain that uh, it's gonna it's gonna actually like work. Yeah, I was nervous about delaying us. I was fairly certain that Zeke and Barnabas and 
Percival Blackwater could get Jebediah and Talia out of prison should they have to, should the if if the gambit hadn't have worked. With a more traditional jailbreak. Yeah. Um, whereas uh, I was more nervous that I would uh, get trouble get in trouble at home. <laughs> well, I knew I knew uh, uh, I had done well keeping you in the dark uh, when you were like, I try not to visibly sweat. <laughs> I was like, good. <laughs> what about you? What was your favorite part? Oh man, there were so many. Um, this episode was like a, like a bunch of mini vignettes and each little like part had its own funny thing. Um, one thing that I didn't actually uh, notice until I was listening through um, was on the river uh, when Barnabas, when Covert had been yelling out as Barnabas like, Rocks, left side. <laughs> Tally ho. Tally ho. During the scene with Boots yeah. and, and Taya. Ha ha. <laughs> like stuff like that. And that had me cracking up. Like I was driving to work in the car and I was like crying from laughing because like it was something that I hadn't noticed. So like that was like a fun surprise for me that I really enjoyed. And the scene with um, Percival and... Uh, and the boys in the inn, when he's like, give me a second. The, like, bathroom's lit on fire. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, that was, again, something I was so stressed out about that, like, my scene that I wasn't even paying attention to what was happening over there. And when I was listening, I was like, oh, my God, this is hilarious. <laughs> he's such a dick. And it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Percival's a fun character. Uh, yeah. Pretty much there were a whole bunch of different of my favorite parts. I'll have to, like, tweet about them because there were so many. Well, I, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad there's too many favorite moments for you in this. That's that warms my heart as a GM. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm really eager to see what happens next. Uh, I think, uh, you know, not to say that the past few episodes have been poor or anything, but you know, I've done that content before and I'm really, really excited to see what happens, uh, moving forward. So let's go ahead and move on in to series four. Episode 7, City of Nightmares. Enjoy? <laughs> Hello, I'm Barnabas Gunsby, famous big game hunter and adventurer. I come from common birth, but I've used my skills to make a name for myself. I often go on expeditions to explore the world and its many lost secrets to tame once wild lands and lay my eyes on wonders few have seen. I've written books of my exploits to help fund my adventures and while the books have brought me wealth and fame, many believe them to be fiction. It's cast a sad shadow over my once great career. But I have been selected to participate in the great Atroposian circuit where I shall prove to the world that Barnabas Gunsby is a true legend of adventure. 
Hello, I'm Talia Nazari. It's true, I am Varishta royalty, and that's all well and good, but ruling is certainly not my true passion, but a duty I fulfil nonetheless. You see, I'm first an inventor and engineer. Self-taught, but I'm very good, a natural. And I suppose that natural talent has only been helped along by a lot of time spent in solitude. But you should see all the sorts of things I've made, mostly through trial and error. I am certainly not afraid to jump in and get my hands dirty when needed. As fate would have it, being an inventor led me straight into what I believe will be one of the most interesting times of my life. Mr. Cornelius Jollypot has asked me to join his team for that great Atroposian circuit. Can you imagine? Of course I said yes, only bolstered by the fact that one of my teammates is Mr. Barnabas Gunsby, my favourite author. We're sure to have a fantastic time and perhaps even have the chance to win. I can't wait to leave Dalvozi and see the world with my amazing and talented teammates by my side. It's all so very exciting. I'm Ezekiel Quaglin, gnome pilot extraordinaire, but my friends call me Zeke. I grew up in Paldoris before the hurricane wars. When the Aedin attacked, I joined the military to do my part in defense of my people. When it came time to return home, we realized that in winning the war, Paldoris had become an uninhabitable wasteland. The Infernal Church of Jinzi swooped in to save the day with their city-sized stormships. This spelled salvation for many of my people, and though I was never particularly religious, I was happy to accept the church's appointment as pilot of Jinzi's Hammer. I flew the city for several years, but I never really enjoyed living on that mechanical monstrosity. When the Evanglesian Civil War broke out, I quickly volunteered for the Jinzi Corps to lend aid to the militarists. Though we lost, I earned admission to the High Flyers, and after the war, used my connections there to become a commercial pilot. It's not glamorous or exciting work, and it barely pays the bills, but it let me fly the skies. When Jollypot offered me a spot on his Atroposian circuit team, I was happy to accept in hopes of retiring to a life of luxury. I mean, even if we don't win, at least it won't be boring. The last time we left Team Jollypot, uh, they had passed through uh, Felion, the second checkpoint in the sixth annual Great Atroposian Circuit. Um, there they discovered that one of the professors and her uh, son were uh, in control of a large bioflux monstrosity that they were using to collect basically peasants from uh, outer Felion to experiment on in the hopes of growing Hector Moreau, the son's arm back. They turned the Moreaus into the dean of Felion um, and then were gifted with some horses to aid in their travel uh, through the treacherous wilderness of Tordrian. Their guide, Boots, uh, a cut purse, was kidnapped by Team Torchinovich briefly before he managed to make his own escape and rejoin with Team Jollypot. Um, they then traded the horses they got into a not really friend, but more like contact of Boots's uh, to get on a raft to head down to the coastal capital 
of Tordrian uh, Laresh. Um, there, they were confronted with the problem of crossing the Hurricane Sea, something that is incredibly difficult to do due to the fact that uh, all air travel is extremely restricted and only like a couple authorized transports are allowed and only on very, very strict schedules. While they were wandering the streets of Lares trying to decide what they were going to do, uh, they dodged a confrontation with Ventral Barbagus, the bloodthirsty uh, pirate of Team Silver, and befriended a different pirate by the name of <laughs> <laughs> Percival Blackwater, um, a Farishta whose ship and first mate, uh, Jebediah Longsworth, uh, were confiscated by the constabulary of Laresh. Blackwater uh, offered the team uh, illegal passage over the hurricane seas um, in exchange for them getting his man and ship out of uh, prison. Talia went in alone, um, representing herself as a virtue of Dalvosia, um, there under strict orders from the Day Society, specifically her brother, Asheron, uh, to bring this uh, prisoner to Dalvosia to face justice. When the constable attempted to verify this story, he received a very, very strict command from Asheron himself, saying that... Uh, the constable was to acquiesce to uh, Talia's every demand. Um, so uh, Jebediah Longsworth, the first mate, and the ship, the Silver Spittoon, were released from custody. And um, the team piled in and set out uh, in the dark of night to fly over the Hurricane Sea. And uh, that's where we're going to pick up. So uh, you guys uh, have just uh, kind of reached up to, like, cloud level. Um, and uh, Percival uh, is piloting the ship, pushing, uh, flying it through as many clouds as possible. Zeke and Barnabas, this is your first time seeing the Silver Spittoon. Uh, it is, as described before, uh, the body of a very, very simple boat with a large semi-armored balloon on top and four engines that are not attached through any hard point, but instead tied very, very tightly to the ropes that are attaching the, the, balloon, the back of the balloon to the back of the ship. And uh, Percival hops on the controls and uh, he's, uh, he's flying you guys through. Um, and, uh, do you guys do anything in particular or? I offer to mod, uh, any firearms anybody has that they would like modded to be more damaging and to automatic reload. I don't have any firearms. <laughs> I give Barnabas my pistol. Go to town, but it's made of wood. So be careful. <laughs> do you uh, have any spare cedar laying around? I feel that would... Work best in these mechanisms. Yeah, here. <laughs> I keep some wood chips from home. <laughs> so Barnabas uh, whittles uh, some modifications for your uh, gun. And uh, yeah, the evening goes. Uh, um, I uh, So after I hand my gun to Barnabas, I tell Percival, um, wake me up when you need someone to take the stick. And I find a hammock or whatever. Oh, are you, are you a pilot or? Yeah, I'm a good pilot. Excellent. Uh, do you have a hammock? 
Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Je- Jebediah, can you show our guests uh, their sleeping arrangement? And uh, Jebediah, who's uh, been working on one of the engines, like sits up and goes, oh, yeah, uh, one second. And uh, he pulls on a couple strings uh, and uh, some of the netting that is holding the uh, balloon uh, drops down to a, a couple hammocks for you guys to, to sleep on. And that can't possibly be safe, I say, as I climb into the hammock. <laughs> well, I'm going to get started. Um, I picked up just enough metal and other resources um, to get started on a second pair of wings, uh, fitting them for Gerald. All right. So you uh, you sit on the front of the ship and start tinkering away in yes. the dark. Mm-hmm. Percival lets you guys know it will be uh, a couple days before you guys reach Paldoris. And uh, Jebediah basically just never stops like tinkering with the engines. Like it seems like every time he like gets one all set, another one starts to like sputter out and he has to go work on that one. <laughs> um, if at any time during this sort of flight I can help out it. I would like to. Anytime uh, you want, like, I mean, you're working on your wings for probably most of this evening, but at any time, like, you can stand up and stop working on your wings and go mess with engines. That's totally up to you. The night goes relatively uh, smoothly and uh, around um, when the sun is rising. Talia, you finished your your wings at that point, probably took a little nap or something. Barnabas, you finished working on Zeke's gun. Um, uh, you hear, uh, you all hear Jebediah go, uh, Captain, we have incoming. And uh, anyone who looks overboard sees uh, as uh, the surface of the water breaks and um, two... Uh, crafts aircrafts pull out um they seem to be shaped like stingrays uh they have um like the long tails behind them uh and they are uh moving upwards and um percival goes all right kicking it kicking into full burn everyone uh hold on here we're gonna outrun them and he uh pushes the throttle all the way forward and uh he goes give us some juice jeb and uh, Jebediah um, kicks open a, f- a floorboard and pulls out, like, this jug and starts pouring it into the engines. And as soon as it, like, gets into the engine, like, the engine bursts with, like, fire <laughs> and smoke. Uh, and then he moves on to the next one and pours it in that. And it goes, <laughs> and, like, bursts with fire and smoke. And he does it to all four engines, like, climbing up on the ropes and stuff. And uh, the thing jolts and I need everyone to roll dexterity for me. Uh, Zeke at a minus two because you're in a hammock. Tier two. I got a 20. Okay. Um, I got a tier two and so did Gerald. All right. All of you maintain footing. Uh, Zeke, you actually roll out of your hammock ready. Uh, you are... This is not the first time you've dealt with uh, Aodin Rays and you are... Uh, Already, like, a hand on deck, ready to help, <laughs> like... Yeah, I'm ready to go. And uh, you guys go flying in through clouds and everything, and you see uh, as they get up to your altitude, they've already started to fall behind these rays. Um, and, uh, like, the smoke from the engine seems to be, like, you know, 
like making it like so they have to like kind of dip down and keep like changing where they are because the wind blows it in their into their uh uh into their ships which uh, i don't know seems to be gunking up their uh ships in some way so they're trying to avoid it because uh, it's like as they like pull out of the black clouds they seem like the black like grossness of like whatever's pouring out of this engine is like sticking to their ships and eventually they start falling really really far behind and uh you guys uh uh seem to lose them uh and uh jebediah the jug he's been pouring this liquid into each engine like you know turn at a time uh, is now at like half and he corks it up puts it in there and gets to work on the engines which are now like starting to sputter and groan i'd like to try and help him um fix the engines as they're sort of, you know, on fire and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You uh, you jump up and, like, Jebediah, like, sees you as you, like, get into position to help him. And he's like, uh, that floorboard over there. <laughs> and you step on it and uh, it kinks upwards and you see uh, a bunch of tools in there. Go ahead and roll science for me. Thirteen. Thirteen? Yes. All right. Yeah, you start uh, you start putting work in on the engines, and uh, like Jebediah at one point, like you know, at the beginning, like hovers over you to like be like, yeah, you just need to reconnect, yeah, that, and then you just need, yeah, okay, cool, you got it, <laughs> and then he moves in and starts working on the other engine, and uh, between the two of you, you guys get all the engines like operating again in a relatively quick fashion. Uh, Percival lets out us uh, like a. <sighs> All right, all right. Uh, well, uh, they probably, you know, have to go back and report and let everyone know that there's an unauthorized airship flying overhead. Uh, so we're going to want to try and stick to the cloud coverage. Um, uh, Zeke, you mentioned being a pilot. Yeah. Mind if I grab some shut-eye? You got this? She's a bit touchy. Go for it. Okay. And uh, he hops in the hammock you were sleeping in? Um, these controls are sized for, uh, for Rishta. Uh, yeah, yeah. I get real big and fly the ship. <laughs> Percival's just laying in his hammock. He's already, like, closed his eyes. Uh, Jebediah, like, you know, is working on the engine. He looks back and goes, bloody hell! What the... What? He does that. It's a thing. You would think that you wouldn't get used to it. <laughs> huh. He can just do that at will, huh? I think so. Must come in useful. Yes. Right. <laughs> and then one of the engines goes like, and he's like, oh shit, and starts working on that. <laughs> he basically just never stops working on the engines. Do he's you just, want to maybe nap as well? Oh, I, I, I mean, you, you're a bit tired, aren't you? Uh, um, yeah, but uh, gotta keep this thing in the air. Are you? I'm willing to work for a little while. All right. Yeah. You're no use to us if you're dead tired. Uh, and he like kind of like wipes his brow. He's just like covered in like he wipes his brow to get the grease off of it, but just like wipes more grease from his hands onto his forehead. He's like, yeah, you, uh, yeah, I, I think you've got it. Just uh, wake me up if anything gets too wonky. All right. I'll just be like a minute. I'm just going to get out of here. And he uh, like climbs into a hammock and passes out. And uh, uh, you've finished your, your work on Gerald's wings. He's just kind of standing there. You can, uh, like, you know, the engines seem to be going right now, so you could, like, tinker with the wings now that they're on Gerald. What? He's like, whoop, whoop. It's all right. Whoop, whoop, whoop. I know. It'll be weird for a minute, but it, it, I'm sure it will come in handy. And uh, he spreads out the wings, and they light up, and he, like, hovers up in there. He's like, whoo, whoo. And then the ship starts, like, flying underneath No, 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 land, land, land. And he's like, whoop, whoop, whoop. And he drops down and, like, kind of, like, drops onto one knee, like, barely making it back onto the ship before it passes underneath them. <laughs> yeah. No flying wall were on this ship. Whoop, whoop, whoop. All right. Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> and what are you up to, Barnabas? I'm just relieved we got away, and I'm going to 
I'm gonna try to catch some Z's. All right. Let the, let the nerds work on the engines. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Talia and Zeke, just the two of you. Everyone else is getting shut eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, and things seem to be going relatively smoothly for a bit. Um, Talia, I need you to roll notice for me with cunning. Uh, 12. All right, and Zeke, I need you to roll dexterity for me. 11. Okay. Um, so, Zeke, you're, you know, darting between clouds. Uh, you know the particular heading for where you're going. Yep. And uh, the sun's beginning to set at this point, um, and uh, Talia, you, you know, every once in a while are glancing overboard, and uh, you don't seem to see any uh, ships poking up out of the water or anything like that. It seems like you guys are in the clear for now as the sun begins to set due to Zeke's ability to stay in the clouds. <laughs> I could fly a brick, so <laughs> we're good. <laughs> um, and uh, Percival and Jebediah wake up. Um, Jebediah relieves you, uh, Talia, from the engines. I hope that I kept her together enough for you. She looks great. Uh, couldn't have done better myself. Thank you. Everyone deserves a bit of sleep now and then. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's rare when we're flying over the seas that me or the captain either get, uh, a chance. So thanks for that. My pleasure. <laughs> and, uh, Talia, you go to get some more shut-eye or you go to tinker some more or what will you do? No, I think, um, because I was up for some of the night and then most of the day, so I shall probably, I'm probably very tired right now. All right, you, you walk over to where the hammocks are hanging, uh... One of the un- unoccupied ones is a little more forward in the ship, and uh, Percival kind of, like, meets you there. Hello. Hi. What did you say your first name was? Talia. Talia. You know, he, like, wait, shakes a finger at you, and he's like, there's something about you. Don't quite... You don't look like a Nazari. That makes sense. <laughs> right. Um, I'm just wondering how... Wait, it makes sense? How does it make sense? <laughs> um, they're my adoptive parents. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, who are your birth parents, then? Why are you so interested? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm no stranger to uh, Dalvosian uh, politics. Uh, and I just, you know, I know some people, and I, I just, there's something familiar about you and curious. And I'm just, I'm just wondering if... Uh, Maybe I know uh, your family. Uh, you probably at least know of them. They're the Rahals. Oh, no shit. Indeed, no shit. <laughs> oh, that makes so much sense. Now I get how you were able to spring uh, Jebediah so easily. Uh, I, uh, I know your brother. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, your brother uh, and I, um, we've, we've met uh, a couple times, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's he's got me out of a out of a pinch or two. I guess I owe him again for getting Jebediah out of there. Why on earth would um I, now I'm intrigued, I suppose. Why would he have gotten you out of a scrape? Well, I mean, he stops for a second because he's a kind and generous man, I suppose. Um he's Never really... How much... How close are you to your brother? Quite close. Okay. You, uh... You... But you live in Sunspire, right? So you don't really... In your night society, you, uh... 
you don't really know about his business too much, huh? I mean, as much as anyone knows about the Day Society goings on. Right, yeah, Day Society. Yeah, they're, you know, mysterious lot. I've just been lucky enough to, you know, cross your brother's paths a couple times. It's, uh, yeah, um... What are you Mystery not solved. Me? What? I'm not telling you. I'm telling you everything. <laughs> no, your brother, uh, he's just, you know, he uh, he's a man of the people, you know? That's not true. <laughs> well, you know, he's actually, uh, he knows how to help out the little guy every once in a while. So uh, he's a good man, your brother. Uh, like I said, I wouldn't be standing here if it weren't for him. You can tell him I said hi next time you talk to him, I suppose. Um, I, I've... I've I've taken up enough of your time, though, and he, like, looks kind of, like, awkward and, uh... Wait, where... Don't... What? What do what you... I mean, I might be a little naive, but I'm not a fool. What, what are you not telling me? What's going on? I, why... There's no reason why he would know you. Why? It's... I don't know. It doesn't really feel like my place to tell, I guess. Uh... We've worked together for to uh, further certain causes. My brother has never been a pirate. No, 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 no. He's not a pirate. No, no. He's just friends of some pirates. He like... I don't believe you. You're making fun of me. I assure you I'm not. And there's nothing wrong with being friends of some pirates. Pirates can be good people on occasion. And uh, royalty can be... Uh, Cold and uh, quite evil at times. Um, obviously, and he nods to you. Not all royalty. There's uh, there's some. There's plenty. There's as many good people in Dalvosia as there are bad. And your brother's one of the good ones. And I assume, from my experience with you, you are too. And again, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said anything. I suppose you shouldn't have. And uh, he kind of like nods and. Goes, how's the uh, how the engines looking? <laughs> and uh, uh, Zeke, Zeke, um, I think it's uh, time for me to take over. Uh, you can you can take a you can take a nap. I'll fly the ship forever if it means I get to watch something as entertaining as that. And just, I hand him back the wheel. <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> respond. He just starts <laughs> he just starts piloting some more. <laughs> and I get small again. Uh, yeah, and it's back in the evening. And uh, what are you doing for the evening, Barnabas? I tell them stories of my exploits <laughs> uh, and inform them of where they can purchase my book. <laughs> uh, Percival seem, uh, they both actually seem rather entertained by your stories and they share a couple uh, with you as well. Um, uh, it seems like they've uh, done quite a bit of pirating. Um, often uh, 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 seeming to, uh, Contest the skies with like Paldoran pirates who uh, uh, are like trying to raid. Um, it, it almost seems like uh, Percival fancies himself kind of like the Robin Hood figure. Like he's, you know, he's like, he's a pirate to fight off pirates. <laughs> um, uh, at least from what they tell you with their stories. Um, but it also sounds like it's just been the two of them on this ship for a really long time. I ask why it's just been the two of them. Uh, they just, you know, they skirt around that whenever you ask, uh, saying, you know, that's just the way it is. You know, you can't trust people sometimes. And sometimes people don't want to trust you, those kind of things, but they never give you any solid details. And, uh, that night passes, um, relatively without any other incident. 
Um, and as the sun starts to rise, um, uh, Talia, Zeke, you guys wake up. Uh, Talia, you see um, Percival's uh, left the wheel for a second. You know, it's just kind of like coasting uh, in whatever direction he said it. Uh, and uh, he's like helping Jebediah with a particular um, – uh, like part of one of the engines that like needs four hands. Um, and, uh, he's taken off his, uh, his like shirts and jacket and stuff, uh, like set him off to the side and he's like, you know, reaching and he's like, is this, uh, is this the thing you're talking about? Yeah. I just pull on this and Jebediah's like, yeah, just give it a tug. And, uh, you see, uh, tattooed on Percival's back, uh, two large black angel wings, uh, mark of the ashen angels. Uh, terrorist organization <laughs> as you've known it. <laughs> uh, people who believe in destabilizing the royalty of uh, uh, of Dalvosia. <laughs> Are you all wrong right. with you? I'm sorry. We're, we're flying with terrorists. <laughs> he's He's a terrorist. Oh, no. They're pirates. No, no, that, that, they don't. They, they are not politically driven. Where a terrorist is politically driven. <laughs> no, that the tattoo, the tattoo on his back, the Ashen Angels. They're they're against the Day Society and the Night Society. They explode things and do other. They undermine uh, the government. That is politically driven and they're <laughs> using fear tactics in order to gain what they want so yes that would be terrorism and uh he like wipes his hands off and puts back on his like uh tunic and jacket and stuff and then uh turns and sees the three of you staring at him <laughs> and wave why do you find work captain waves back and goes thanks all right zeke you got the wheel for a bit i'm gonna get some shut eye sure <laughs> oh, there, wait, oh, whoa, what? What just happened? <laughs> right, that thing you can do. Okay. <laughs> and he, uh, he hops in a hammock. So I'm just going to go stand next to Gerald. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, you guys uh, continue on. Zeke, you have the wheel. Um, anyone who's keeping a lookout can roll cunning for notice. Uh, Zeke, you can roll dexterity to uh, continue to pilot this ship stealthily. I got an 11. Okay. What did you get, Talia? Uh, one. I'm too distracted. Okay. Talia, you're not keeping lookout. And what did you get, Barnabas? Tier two. All right. Uh, so, again, as the, uh, as the sun is starting to set, it's getting pretty dark. Uh, Jebediah does, like, invite you over to help him with the engines at some point, Talia, before it gets too dark. Of course. Uh, and, um, you know, you guys are... Gerald comes with me. <laughs> he goes, oh, oh, is he handy too, or... No, just, I like him. All right. You okay? You seem a bit on edge all of a sudden. No, we're, we're gonna be f- <laughs> No! <laughs> we're going to be fine. Like, the, 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 the captain and I make this voyage all the time. We, we pass over, you know, the Aodins give us a scare every once in a while, but... They can't really keep up uh, because their ships are weighted down by conventional things like weapons <laughs> and safety measures. <laughs> right. Yes, of course. <laughs> Is something else bothering no. you? No. Did you need this? This? Oh, I see. And I start working on the engine. 
Uh, as you reach up to work on the engine, he, his hand grabs yours. He like kind of like gently like guides it down and like looks you in the eye and goes, "You can talk to me, Talia." Huh. And his gentle face seems genuine. <laughs> Do you have any tattoos? I mean, I have a few. I can show you a couple of them. <laughs> any on your back? Uh, yeah, uh, here. And he, like, pulls down one of the sleeves and shows you, and there's, like, a, there's, like, a, a pinup girl riding, like, a bullet. He's <laughs> oh. like, yeah, I got that one when I was a little younger and more stupid. Or maybe less stupid, and he looks around at, like, the ship he's on and goes, <laughs> it's hard to tell these days. People in their youth. Yeah. But do you have tattoos? Is, it, is that what's bothering you? No. I would <laughs> never do that. Oh, okay, sure. Then what is bothering you? Um, are you a terrorist? No. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I mean, people like throwing labels around a lot, but I definitely wouldn't classify what I do as terrorism. terrorism. Uh, mostly we just go after other pirates. What, why do you ask? Uh, well, you see, your captain is... Oh, the, um, his back. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a long time ago. I, technically I'm supposed to kill him. Well, I'd, uh, take it as a kindness if you didn't. <laughs> you don't really, you don't really leave them, from what I've heard. Well, um... If it's any different, the Ashen Angels were a lot different when he was in them. I wouldn't believe everything you've heard, for one thing. Uh, the Ashen Angels are kind of split into two uh, sects, um, one of the, which is quickly diminishing, and that is the uh, sect that uh, uh, the captain used to belong to. Um, they were more freedom fighters and cared about civilian casualties a lot more than... Uh, what the uh, larger portion of the organization cares about now. That's why the captain doesn't fly with them anymore. He had a rough life uh, that led him down that path, and uh, he thought he could make a difference, and for a while he did, um, and then certain members of the organization got a little more extremist, and uh, the captain and I decided that uh, it was in our best interest to leave. And now there's only a few left of, uh, of what the Ashen Angels really used to stand for. Now it's just anarchy and, and death. Before it was about change uh, and equality. Movements can change. Unfortunately, tattoos are hard to get rid of. So he's, if I go to sleep, he's not going to kill me or ransom me or anything like that, is he? <laughs> no, no. Asheron would kill him. <laughs> what? Your brother, your captain told me you and he talked about... He never gives me details. Uh, <laughs> y- yeah, your, your brother helped us get out um, when uh, the extremists that we pissed off wanted to make sure we didn't get away. Your brother gave us a hand. Getting out? Of Dalvosia, yeah. Of the Ashen Angels? At the same time, yes. Well, that's good. Yeah, your, your brother is someone who cares about his subjects quite a bit and just wants, uh, uh, wants to make sure, you know, that he's always doing the right thing. Oh, um, excuse me. Come along, Gerald. Then I walk 
not very far because there's not very far to walk. <laughs> nope. You start walking. It's getting. It's at this point after that conversation. It's you know the t- the sun has set and Percival's like starting to stir to uh, relieve you, Zeke. And um, you rolled notice right, Barnabas, a million years ago. Yes. And you got here too, right? Yes. Okay. And uh, Barnabas, you're looking uh, uh, below, and as you as Zeke breaks through some clouds to get into another grouping grouping of clouds, uh, you see. Uh, Four Aodin Ray airships uh, break out of the water and start flying up towards you guys. We have company. Four Aodin Ray airships. Oh, shit, uh, says Percival as he fights to get out of the hammock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's like, oh, b- punch it, Zeke, punch it. <laughs> Jebediah, pour the goo in the engines. Already on it. And he's like <laughs> pulling up the jug and unscrewing it. Uh, you push the throttle forward. He starts pouring stuff in as he's like strapped in. Um, I need you to roll dexterity for me. And uh, everyone else also roll dexterity to try and maintain your footing. Uh, everyone can have a plus one to this, uh, except Zeke. Uh, plus one to maintain your footing because you're used to it a little bit. Uh, what'd you get, Zeke? I got a nine. <laughs> right, so that's tier one. Uh, uh, Talia and Barnabas, what'd you get to maintain your footing? I got an 11, and Gerald got a 10. Okay. Tier 2. All right. Uh, so everyone maintains their footing, uh, though uh, Zeke, when the engines, you you know, you were prepared, you pushed in the throttle, you know, you you held on when it, like, kicked on and started, like, wobbling. But the fact that Jebediah pours these in one at a time makes it so the engines, like, one engine becomes way more powerful than the others, which, like, made you start to spin a little bit. Uh, you managed to, like, not do, like, a 180 or completely lose anything, but you, like, make a hard left and then a hard right. <laughs> you kind of zigzag there for a second and then uh uh like as you're trying to like stabilize the wheel like uh one of the rungs nearby your hand gets grabbed as percival like steps in he's like i got it i got it and he kind of pushes you away and uh and grabs onto it and he's like you guys are gonna want to grab some parachutes uh and he he points and you see as you guys break through the clouds and start uh start descending um you see uh the dark horizon of your old homeland, uh, old Paldoris, um, which, uh, fills you with just a little bit of dread because, uh, Zeke a long time ago, uh, you know, during the hurricane wars, uh, when your country became, uh, an irradiated wasteland and your people only just survived because the church of Jinzi showed up and built, uh, the city sized storm ships that led all of you, uh, to safety. The whole place became just like decimated and like no life could prosper there. Um, but then years after that, um, after some of the py- uh, some of the storm ships resorted to piracy due to lack of resources, and other storm ships uh, found other means to uh, to maintain their societies, um, the old king of uh, Paldoris made a uh, a deal with J. Rotin, um, a gnomish merchant lord, uh, and uh, an expert bioengineer. The old king, uh, uh, Agaros uh, Caliph, made a deal with Jero Tin in order to have uh, Jero enter the irradiated wastelands with you know, several science teams to attempt to bring life back to the land. Uh, and Jero agreed to do that out of the kindness of his own heart. 
However, it turned out that Jero had alternative intentions. Um, he did bring life back to Paldoris, to old Paldoris, um, but he did so monstrous ways. Um, he basically turned the entire country into a playground of bioflux experiments. Um, he created giant monstrosities. He made the the vegetation overgrown and sentient and violent. Uh, the entire place became teeming with life of a sort, but not in a way that anyone could inhabit, which is why the Paldorans have never gone back to old Paldors, because uh, only insane people go to old Paldors, because it's full of actual monsters, and everything there wants to kill everything. Um, uh, and uh, you've always heard the ghost stories. You've obviously never gone back, because you're not an insane person. You just kind of wrote it off. And uh, sure enough, you see uh, the overgrown forest landscape of your uh, once great nation uh, very quickly approaching as uh, as Percival starts to descend. What do you guys do? I suppose put on parachutes. Yeah, I get small and put on a parachute. I also put on my parachute and get ready to jump. Okay. Um, Percival goes, all right, you guys are heading to uh, Lixig, right? The, the, the old city? That's correct. Yes. All right, we're approaching there in a moment. We'll be there in a moment. Uh, uh, I'm going to give uh, these Aodin a, a little bit of a chase. They don't like going very far inland, so I should be able to lose them. In there, in that, in that, uh, in that area with the parachutes, there's a flare gun. Grab that. When you shoot that in the air, uh, Jeb and I will come back and, uh, and, uh, and pick you up. Great. I go and grab the flare gun. Thank you, Captain. Good luck. Yeah, no, we'll be fine. It's it's a f- uh, yeah, no, we'll be fine. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he dips down low, and uh, he goes, "All right, we're over Lixie. Go, go, go! Jump, jump, jump!" Barnabas jumps. Tally ho! Yeah, are the the Aiden within two hundred feet of the spittoon? No, no, they haven't gotten that close yet. <laughs> All right, I jump. All right. <laughs> I also jump with Gerald. Okay. Uh, woo! And uh, you guys start falling quickly. Uh, it was a pretty low altitude jump. Uh, so you pull your parachutes, and I want everyone to roll dexterity for me. Um, so I'm not going to actually pull my parachute unless it looks like we're going to crash. I'm just going to fly down. Sure. Um, but I'm hoping to maybe push everyone. Okay. Towards sort of where I think we need to be. Sure. Rather than... On the outskirts. All right, roll dexterity for me. Um, what did everyone get? I got a 22. Okay. 15. All right. 27. So tier three for both Zeke and Talia and a tier two for Barnabas. Um, so, yeah, everyone pulls their parachutes and... Uh, uh, Talia, instead of pulling your parachute, you ex- extend your wings and the radiant light comes out of them, uh, giving you lift. And um, you kind of like use your wings to put yourself in a position to push on people as they're descending uh, to try and get them closer into the center of the uh, uh, of the city. Um, your uh, instructions uh, in the... Uh, papers that Jolly Pot gave you uh, say that um, you should be able to uh, uh, check in at the old fountain uh, in the center of the city in town square. 
Um, and uh, with your assistance, Talia, you uh, you guys managed to kind of land in the middle of the streets, um, not too far from the square. You could kind of see it as you were coming down. It's uh, it's got a like a tall like clock tower. Uh, kind of like showing, like drawing attention to it. And it's this big, open, round uh, square. And uh, uh, from your altitude, you can kind of see like the large fountain. Um, but as you're coming down, like this city was once a great city. Um, it wasn't even the capital of old Paldors. It, uh, and it used to be really technologically advanced. Um, it's now uh, completely uh, taken over by nature. Um, many of the buildings are crumbling. All of them are overgrown with vines. Uh, it's, it's, uh, the, the like once smooth paved ground, uh, has cracked up in, uh, and like, and become like this disastrous terrain. Um, and, uh, the moonlight above, uh, casts ominous shadows at every corner. Uh, with all these tall, decrepit, broken buildings uh, making odd shapes. Um, and uh, you guys uh, land in one of the streets. And what do you do? I would like to get my bearings and start making my way towards our objective. Okay. I can just tell you where to go, Barnabas. Perhaps. <laughs> uh, Mr. Quaglin, would you lead the way? Yeah, we can... Um take the street up and I know a few alleys we can cut through if it gets gross. Uh, yeah, you guys land, um, and, uh, you, you know, detach your parachutes. Um, and Zeke starts leading the way. Are you guys proceeding quietly or? Yes. I think that's <laughs> yes. probably a good idea. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Everyone roll sneaking. Tier two. Gerald and I both got tier two. I got a tier one because fuck this place. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Zeke, you're trying to, like, maintain, you know, composure. Um, but, like, this is, like, a haunted place for you. You, you spent, like, a summer in Lixig. And, uh, and like, you, you know these streets or you know what they once were. Yeah. Um, and uh, so you're having a hard time uh, being totally, uh, you know, uh, stealthy. And uh, you kind of, like trip up on a vine and uh, you kind of like fall a little bit and it makes a little bit of noise and then that vine you tripped up on snaps up and looks at you. Uh, it's uh, and then like a couple more of the vines around you kind of snap up and all of a sudden uh, you know they like open up with these like salivating like teeth filled maws that start like wrapping and the vines start wrapping around you to like bite at you. Help. Help, 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 <laughs> um, help, I take out my help, sword help, and I help. cut them. All right, roll accuracy. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's not good at all. It's a four. <laughs> all right, uh, Talia, you pull out your sword. You try to uh, uh, take a slash and uh, you maybe, like, nick one of the vines, but then, like, three more vines, like, get up all angry to, like, grab at Zeke. Zeke, I need you to roll a defense test for me. Five. Uh, all right, Zeke, you, uh, you take five, uh, hit point damage as the vines start constricting around one of your legs and snapping at you and you're like swatting away at them. What are the rest of you doing? Can I try again? Yeah. Help be your utility Help. knife. Help. Oh, here, Mr. Gunsby, knife. <laughs> Help, 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 help. <laughs> all right. Both of you roll accuracy. Uh, it's an eight. 
Okay. 17. All right. Uh, between the two of you, you start hacking at these vines and you manage to make an opening for you guys to pull Zeke out. And you step back to the other side of the alley and the vines kind of reach out, but they can't quite reach to where you guys are. And they like kind of like snap at you. And then after like failing to grab you a couple times, they start to like lay down on the ground, like sleeping again. I make a rude gesture and go, ha ha. Shh, shut up, Barnabas. <laughs> uh, and you guys continue on your way. We can head down this alley. Okay. We're all sneaking again. Right. Chill. I got tier two. Tier two for Barnabas. I got a 15. Tier two for Zeke. Talia. Gerald got an eight. All right. And I got a one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, uh, you guys are uh, are sneaking along in the alley, and uh, you uh, you hear some uh, some noises, uh, and you kind of like press up in the alleyway, make, first making sure that you're not pressing up against any vines, and um, you peek out, and you guys see uh, these three creatures that. Uh, walk on uh, two hind legs with long claws at their feet um, and have two somewhat shorter uh, forearms with clawed fingers. Um, they're, uh, they have long swishing tails and uh, kind of like a reptilian uh, shape to them. Uh, they look raptor-esque. Uh, and they're, uh, they have gray feathers that start like at the top of their head and goes all the way along their backside uh, and then completely covers their, their tails. They're like wide, flat tails that are swooping behind them. Um, and, uh, then their sides and underbelly and their, like their actual face proper are this like leathery, wrinkly red. Um, and their, their face, uh, kind of comes into a, uh, like an almost like reptilian beak, uh, that like is very pointed and sharp looking, but also like has like teeth poking out from inside it. Um, and they have like, doesn't seem like they have eyelids. They just have these big white and yellow, uh, round eyes that like are always open and looking around. Uh, and, uh, they're walking, uh, beside each other and like, you know, one like bumps into the other and like, you know, the one like snaps at it and, it's like, and they keep walking. Uh, and Talia, you, you like see this and like kind of freaks you out and you like duck down. And when you do, you like hit a trash can nearby you. It's like, clunk, 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 clunk. and they both go, or all three of them go, and like freeze up and look around to try and figure out where it came from. And they start moving towards you guys slowly. I would like to throw a rock over them and into the brush behind them. Sure. Roll uh, dexterity for me. Or accuracy, sorry. Roll accuracy for me. 18. Okay. They're like walking towards you, like, and they, and as they do, they're like, <laughs> Like making these like deep sniffing snorts to try and like get your scent, and then uh, Barnabas, you pick up a pebble and kind of like toss it, lobbing it over the corner of the building you're hiding behind and across the street, and it breaks a glass, and uh, they all go <laughs> and go running that way towards the glass, and uh, and you guys kind of like can back up and go around a different way as they start to raid that building that just had a window broken. Mr. Quacklin, go a different way. Yeah, okay, follow me. 
<laughs> lead us another alternate route. All right. And you guys uh, wind your way through, uh, eventually making your way to the large uh, circular clearing that is the town square. And... Uh, down a ways uh, in the uh, in the very very center of it is a half broken, steepled, very tall uh, fountain. And uh, this area wasn't really paved before; it used to be cobblestone. And so now the cobblestone is like completely like wrapped up with like vines and like broken and stuff. And like there's a lot of dirt and like you know what used to be probably really well packed cobblestone is now like very very rough terrain between here and the uh, uh, and this tall. Uh, uh, fountain. You can see all of the forward-facing buildings uh, circling around this uh, and all uh, this um, this area, and all of the streets like connecting into this. Like this was obviously the main hub of uh, transportation for most of the uh, city. And uh, on the side, like if you're looking at it, and you guys are six o'clock on a on a clock face that makes up this circle, about at um, n- like. Eight o'clock or nine o'clock is the tall, half-broken uh, clock tower um, that, like, seems to be like kind of like leaning in on itself. Um, and uh, you see at the top rung of this uh, fountain a large box, and it's blinking with a yellow light. And you, uh, you Talia, recognize it as a radio. And at the base of the fountain. You see a large shape, and uh, you hear like a, um, and you see as this large creature, uh, like kind of like stands up, having ripped what looks like a leg of one of those raptor creatures off of a dead body of one of those raptor creatures, um, and seems to be like kind of like not munching on it now. This thing uh, that is eating this raptor looks gorilla in its uh, shape, though quite a bit larger than a normal gorilla. Um, and it has six arms um, and its fur is like a dark navy blue. And uh, as it like munches on the thing, it kind of looks around to try and make sure it's safe uh, since it just made some noise ripping the bone. <laughs> and uh, uh, it looks back your guys' way. And as it turns, you realize on its head, it has these like these violent, curling, kind of wild uh, horns, one on on poking out of either side of its head. Uh, like, one kind of curls back directly, and the other one kind of, like, shoots directly outwards. And as it l- looks back your guys' way, uh, I need you all the world sneaking for me. 19. 13. Okay. Now I got a 16. All right. Gerald got a 10. All right, uh, it like kind of its gaze passes over you, and you guys see that it has a, an almost gorilla esque looking face, which is now covered with the blood of this, uh, this like goopy blood of this, uh, uh, this raptor creature that it's munching on, um, and it has six eyes as well that look almost insect like or insect like. Uh, they are just like black beads uh, in uh, two columns of three on its face. Um, and it kind of like looks back your guys' way and passes its vision over you and then like goes back to munching on its thing. Um, is there a building that's like, cause everything's sort of like dilapidated, right? Yep. So is there a building that's got like good sight lines? I mean, the building you guys are next to kind of has that. Uh, the building you guys are next to is kind of like a three-story building. Maybe it was a hotel once. Hard to tell. It's pretty broken down. But, like, 
the corner above where you guys are, um, like the the walls of that corner, I've caved in. So you have like two uh, open facing uh, like rooms there. I have an idea. I say whispering. Um, <laughs> what, what if we got up to maybe one of these other a bit a bit safer space? If we go up, we'll be able to see the radio. Uh, oh, that's a radio, by the way. Um, and maybe go from there. We could come up with a. I just don't want one of those red things or that thing or really anything to see us. Roof seems like a good idea to me. Okay, so uh, Zeke, Mister Quaglin, if you don't mind, I can take you up. By all means. Okay. You do have a concern with the fact that it is kind of dead quiet in the city right now, and your wings are not perfectly quiet when they turn on. Right. Is there a door that looks like it will be quieter than my wings? Mm, not really. No. Okay. I get real big. Sure. And then I boost someone up to, like, the first floor. Now you're inside the building. Yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I boost Barnabas and then Talia and then Gerald. Yeah, and then you can like and climb, then I up. climb up. Yeah, and with, Gerald with can help you climb. Claire, up. Gerald like pushes you up and then you help pull Gerald up. Uh, just go ahead and roll a brute test for me to see if you have the strength to do this quietly. Because it's not so much dexterity as much as it is like can, not like waning in your strength. Can Gerald help? Uh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and have Gerald roll brute as well. Yeah. Uh, what'd you what'd you get, Zeke? I got five. Uh, Gerald got a 14. Okay. Uh, so uh, as you're doing this, um, I need uh, Barnabas to roll sneaking. The first one that made it up uh, kind of was a little bit too uh, too firm, and you kind of almost launched Barnabas a little bit. So uh, he makes a little bit of noise as he like gets his footing up there, and he's going to have to duck for cover to not be noticed. 20. I got a tier three. <laughs> Yeah, you're fine. Uh, the the when you put Barnabas up, like you do it a little bit too quickly, and Barnabas like steps on some broken glass and it breaks, and then Barnabas like drops down, and the uh, creature goes <laughs> and looks around. It doesn't seem to notice anything, <laughs> and goes back to munching on its. Uh, <laughs> it's terrifying. On its raptor, uh, now all six of its arms seem to be like feeding meat into this thing's mouth. Okay, so I think a best plan of attack is maybe to distract it and then I'll fly over and get it and bring it back. Right. Is the, uh, is there organic material on the floor in this building? Mm, not really. No, it's like concrete. Great. That seems like a good plan to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so your, your plan is to distract it somehow? Yes. All right. Um, what are you guys going to do? Uh, mm, seeing how good the, um, the uh, throwing the stone worked on the raptors. Perhaps Gerald could throw something a bit further, like a, a rock. Yeah. A big, he, like jug of concrete. You've been tweaking Gerald for a bit. He's very strong. You he's could, very you strong. You could throw a pretty large piece of concrete pretty far. Uh, brute. You'd be rolling brute right. to do that. Yes. That's a 20. <laughs> it's tier three? Cool. Uh, Gerald... Uh, grabs a, a, a piece. Do you, like, instruct him? And he goes, whoop, whoop, and, uh, and grabs a large chunk of concrete and uh, steps back and spins around like he's hurling a discus and uh, 
<laughs> launches this large piece of concrete. It goes <laughs> and hits the um, the clock tower next to the uh, uh, next to the clearing, which uh, goes. <laughs> And just starts collapsing uh, in a in a torrent of rocks and dust. Um, oh, that was historical. <laughs> and <laughs> and the whole city comes to life with noise. Uh, there's there's like these weird like and like. And the giant, like, uh, the the big, like, gorilla thing. As soon as that starts collapsing, the big gorilla thing, like, bolts for it. Like, it just runs out of the clearing. And the clearing is now open. But you hear as, like, just, like, all of these horrid sounds start screaming up. Like, filling this already completely silent, uh, uh, like, night with just, like, the sounds of nightmares. (laughs) What do you do? I... I bolt for it. <laughs> All right, you kick on your wings and you uh, and you zip as as quickly forward uh, towards the uh, um, uh, towards the radio as you can. As you do, you can already see out of the like corners of your eyes like movement in the streets that all lead into this giant open area. Uh, you zip in and uh, you grab uh, the radio and you turn to go back to your companions and you zip forward and tink. You get stuck no! uh, because the uh, the radio is uh, chained and bolted into this fountain. Uh, a deep, deep lag screw just like holding it in place. Uh, and so you're sitting there holding this box radio uh, and you like get tugged a little bit and you realize you're stuck there I... unless you want to abandon the radio. No. Uh, I pick it up. Okay. You, oh. you pick it up. It goes... Oh, that seems bad. <laughs> uh, Barnabas and uh, Zeke, what are you guys doing? As she bolts out the window, I'll cover you, Talia. And I set up a position to get steady. Sure, sure. You get your sniper ready and Zeke. That seems bad. <laughs> All right, Talia. You see movement surrounding you starting to fill in. Um, and... Uh, uh, right as like some of the stuff starts to come out of the shadows, you you see like you're like you're looking around panically, so you're not really focusing. But you see like you think you see one of those raptors, you think you see one of those uh, ape spider like goat creatures. Uh, you don't know exactly what, and like you're like <laughs> starting to panic, and then hello, oh, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> this is Duncan Furter. To whom am I speaking with? Uh, uh, Tolly and Azari, team team Jollypot. Ah, Team Jollypot, you've made it to Lixig, I see. Yes. Uh, at, this, <laughs> at this point, you see she's talking on the receiver. Uh, Barnabas, you see as uh, those raptor creatures start running in uh, towards Talia. Um, and uh, you see as the those uh, a couple of those ape things uh, start running in, using all six of their arms to launch themselves forward with each stride. And one one of the ape things like gores one of the uh, uh, the raptors with like one of its horns and just like pins it to the ground and then starts getting attacked by other raptors. Um, and you, yeah, you see this like all of these creatures are coming together in the center area. Some of
of them seem interested in Talia, and many of them seem distracted by each other as far as killing each other. You see vines pulling up uh, from, like, buildings, like, crushing the building to reach out and grab, like, the hand of, like, one of the, like, raptors and, like, pull it to the ground and start, like, munching on it. Uh, blood spurting up. Uh, what do you guys do? I shoot whatever's going towards Talia. Okay, uh, you uh, you see uh, one of the raptors uh, making it clear as its friends are like fighting one of those ape things and it's running towards Talia. Go ahead and take a shot. What about you, I'm Zeke? Take uh, I would like to heroically and regretfully wake up whatever nightmares fly through the skies in this land <laughs> and start whistling at whatever runs at Talia. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, you see it. You see a, a second raptor is is closing in on Talia from another direction. Uh, go ahead and roll accuracy to call. Can I do so heroically? Uh, yeah, sure. You don't know what you're calling in. <laughs> uh, I got twenty two on my accuracy roll, so tier three. Uh, yeah, Barnabas, uh, your shot cleanly hits one of these raptors in the throat and it falls down and you see vines start to creep up through the, uh, uh, through the, um, cobblestone to like wrap around it and start like munching on it. I got a 22 on heroics. Oh God. So that gives you a, uh, <laughs> plus six to your accuracy. I got a 15 on accuracy to call birds. <laughs> All right, we'll get to that I in a hope. second. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Talia. Uh, I would like to point out that I am as high up as it will allow. Right, right. You're, you're like, your like feet are like horizontal, like curving upwards as you're like trying to maintain as much altitude as possible, holding this receiver to your ear. Um, and I suppose you'd like to know the standings of the race. Um. So let me tell them to you. In, t in first place, we have Team Cornfoot. In second place, Team Towley. Uh, you hear over Duncan Furter's voice, uh, w uh, familiar but somewhat deeper whistle echoing uh, supernaturally through this area, uh, seeming uh, to like not really disturb the uh, the mayhem that is happening around you, which is slowly closing in on all sides. It's like the only reason they haven't reached you yet is because they're too busy also killing each other. Um, and a couple of them break away to try to get to you, and you saw one get shot in the throat and fall down. Another one's about to get to you, and it's like getting up closer, uh, and you hear like... Uh, <laughs> and uh, and you glance up and Zeke, you see as this uh, as like the stars and the and the moon start getting shadowed by this strange uh, horde of flying creatures that come down uh, and you get a clear sight of them. Uh, they are they are uh, these large like gray-skinned hands. They look like human hands or elf hands maybe, um, but uh, right below the. Um, parts where the uh, middle and ring finger uh, digits meet the palm, there's uh, two eyes. And uh, right in the center of the palm, there's this like, there's this like wide set mouth um, that uh, when these things, you have no idea how they're flying, by the way, they just seem to be like gliding in like with, <laughs> their, with their fingers like outstretched. And uh, as they um, as they get nearby that raptor that's almost to uh, Talia, uh, their mouths open up and these like tentacle-like teeth 
uh, like whip out like in like uh, in like almost like uh, like like maybe eight to twelve like of these like straps of like bony looking tentacles uh, that like latch on to the uh, onto a part of the raptor each one of them latching on and then just like starts pulling it in and like seems to be like spinning and tightening and razor cutting uh, its way in and like the hands like just like grab on and just start like blood shoots up on either side and they start like drilling their way into this thing oh. almost as they're surrounded it. I uh, keep whistling and think, oh God, what have I done? <laughs> uh, uh. Uh, Barnabas, you see as uh, one of the uh, one of the uh, gorilla things, um, smacks away some raptors and starts running uh, towards Talia, seeing the bright light of her wings. Uh, and um, right behind it, there's uh, still two raptors that are trying to eat at it, and uh, they're closing in on it. And you see, uh, there's like a below it, and uh, bursting out of the ground are these uh, these snake-like looking creatures that like from like uh, right at the end, like they have like the shoulders and up of like a humanoid-esque creature, and then uh, this like shell-like um, almost. Um, uh, cobra-esque uh, mane of scales uh, behind the head and the shoulders um, and uh, their arms are just like razor blades and they uh, jump up, hug the raptors, uh, bursting out of the ground, they jump up, hug the raptors, digging their razor arms into the raptors and just like without like losing any momentum, uh, go headfirst back into the uh, into the ground, pulling the raptors out of sight into the ground uh, with like blood shooting up behind them. Uh, in third place, Team Bassington. In fourth place, Team Nightingale. Uh, in fifth place, Team Cups. Uh, Barnabas, what do you do? <laughs> Uh, that gorilla spider goat <laughs> thing. It's got to go. All right. Go uh, ahead and so roll accuracy. Yep. Ah. Another 22. All right. Uh, you, uh, you shoot it. Um, yeah, you shoot it directly in the head. And uh, in a spurt of blood, uh, one of its horns goes flying off. Uh, and it, like stumbles and rolls and then seems to keep going for a second but when its hand touches the ground one of those snake things bursts up into its chest and grabs it lifting it up in the ground turning and dropping back in the hole it made uh and uh pulling it with it and blood shooting up again zeke what are you doing that raptor is very well spent <laughs> uh i am just moving this swarm of horrifying hands around <laughs> while also taking shots with my revolver okay uh you whistle a bit the the swarm uh, there's uh three raptors that are like closing in on talia and they just like the swarm just goes <laughs> And, uh, and just, like, tears through all three of them, just, like, ripping them to shreds as they do, um, like, lifting them up in the air, like, slowed slightly by the weight of them before they consume them, and then, like, continuing on. Um, and, uh, and go ahead and take your shot at, uh, at another raptor that hasn't been felled by your horde yet. That's a 16. 
All right, uh, you shoot not as cleanly a shot as Barnabas, but you hit the raptor uh, in the throat, and instead of just felling it by like splitting its like uh, its uh, spine or whatever, uh, it just starts bleeding out. Um, and at that, like two of the gorillas like turn away from the ones they're fighting off and just like see the bleeding one and go and like just like jump and like smush it in between the two of them, ripping it to pieces, throwing bones and stuff around, um, at not even caring about the other raptors that are like clawing at their backs right now. In sixth place, Team Holmes. And in seventh place, it's you, Team Jollypot. Barnabas, you see as uh, some vines are starting to crawl up towards where Zeke is uh, and and Gerald um, trying to, like, attack at their ankles, but not, like, opening up their, like, their toothy, like, slimy maws to, like, grab at um, at Zeke's ankles. How far away are they? I mean, Zeke's standing like four feet away from you. I'm going to cut at it with that utility knife. Okay, go ahead and roll accuracy. Hey, 19. All right, you hit. Uh, roll strike for me. Tier one. Uh, yeah, you slash at the vines. Uh, they back up a little bit and go like, yeah! But uh, you don't, uh, they, they're still kind of coming. And Zeke, you see that Barnabas has started like slashing uh, at some vines that are coming for you. Well, I'm going to regret this, but I move the swarm towards them. <laughs> <laughs> the swarm uh, pulls up and spins around like uh, in like uh, a loop-de-loop to head towards you. And you see all of these hands uh, outward facing towards you, their wide eyes like looking at you like a little crazed. As they uh, as they approach and they kind of slam into the uh, uh, into the concrete of the of the like floor and the wall of this building and start like wiping it, <laughs> you're like, ah, 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 and they uh, and they're just like ripping uh, ripping these uh, vines to, sh- to shreds. You get a nice good uh, look at them as they're uh, as they're like tentacle teeth like shoot out, grab at the vines, and just. Ah, ah, like, just inhale them. Now, at this point, Miss Nazari, I should let you know that the teams that follow you are purely a speculative order. It's possible that they could be any any order behind you. It's just hard to tell. We can only go off of second-hand reports, you see. So, uh, in the presumed to be in eighth place is Team Ardlin. And in ninth place, Team Silva. And then Team Torchinovich, Team Adams, and of course Team Fiddleworth has yet to check in after Dayan. Very strange, we don't know exactly what happened to them. Now, do you have any questions for me? Uh, Barnabas, you see as uh, one of the uh, uh, raptors has uh, actually managed to be like a survivor in taking out one of the gorilla things and is like alone for a second. And like it starts running and one of those snake things tries to jump up and uh, grab it, but it like stumbles off to the side as the dirt uh, picks and the snake thing misses and like lands on another raptor eating it. And this one raptor like dodges another snake thing and another snake thing and uh, and and uh, jumps over another uh, gorilla up towards uh, Talia. It's about to get to her. You I don't have time aim. to take aim. <laughs> okay, I just shoot it then. 
What'd you get? 29. <laughs> Only just not a tier four. Um, but without the chance to aim, as you're stumbling back, as these hand-flying creatures are, like, gnawing at these vines, that uh, pulling them away from you, like, ripping them off of the building, you actually feel the building start to, like... <laughs> as these vines start getting pulled off of it, uh, seeming to take chunks of concrete with them. You uh, uh, you see this, and you don't really have time to aim or anything. You barely even, like, get a glimpse through your scope as you raise your rifle and take a shot. And, uh, yeah, you hit it dead in the heart. And, uh, uh, Talia, you see this, uh, this raptor, like, and, like, jumping up uh, to get at you. And it, you hear the crack of Barnabas's rifle, and it, the force of the blow hits the thing in the ribcage, making it spin away from you. And it, like, cru- it crashes into the, uh, uh, into the fountain as it falls to the ground. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Any other questions, Miss Nazari? No, no, no. Thank you. Thank you very much. I hope you have a very safe <laughs> click. <laughs> you throw the throw throw the phone, drop the uh, uh, drop the radio back on the uh, straight up, <laughs> and you go straight up as another raptor jumps up and like snaps at your uh, at your feet. Just go ahead and roll evade for me. <laughs> Oh my god. Twelve. Yeah, it snaps up and its uh, its teeth, the like its sharp reptilian beak snaps at you and just barely misses your heel. You feel like a little bit of a chunk of your of your of the heel of your boot go uh, as you go straight up in the air. I move my swarm to that raptor because I want them away from me as soon as possible. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they immediately pull away uh, and again you as they do they pull like a couple of vines with them and you feel the building you're in going. How tall is the building next to us? Uh it's about equivalent height. It's like so. It's it's shorter than the one you guys are in, but it is about equivalent height to the floor that you are on. Okay, I'm gonna pick up Barnabas and throw him to the other building. <laughs> uh, Wait, go- Zeke, what are you doing? Ah! Go ahead and roll, brute. <laughs> can I do so heroically? Yeah, you're saving his life. You can <laughs> definitely do this heroically. That's a 23 on heroics. <laughs> Another plus six to your brute. That's a 23 on brute. <laughs> yeah, you clear the alleyway, tossing Zeke or tossing uh, Barnabas. He's ah! and Barnabas, you just get hurled onto the roof of the building next door to you guys. Um, and what do you do, Zeke? With me, Gerald, and I, <laughs> I run and jump to the next building. Uh, all right, that's going to be dexterity for that one. No! That's a 34. (laughs) (laughs) Tier 4. With no effort whatsoever. uh, You actually, uh, you're like, with me, Gerald. And and you actually grab his hand and pull him with you as you jump. Uh, This giant monster of an automaton. You grab his his huge hand and your huge hand. You give him a tug and uh, you let go as you get to the edge and you just leap with perfect, like, perfect form. And you, uh, you land and, like, heavily combat roll and, like, like stop like right next to like Barnabas who is laying like flat on his back like <laughs> like old bones aching and you turn back and you see Gerald uh, with your pole uh, 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 like spread his uh, new wings that Talia has made him and go whoop, 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 and uh, and he, he follows you in uh, in form uh, swooping up and landing next to you and uh, you pose with him <laughs> I stop whistling now. Okay, uh, as you stop whistling, the uh, the building you just made it away from 
crumbles to the ground. Talia, for a brief second, you see the building your friends were in plummet to the ground as you're getting your bearings floating up in the air, but you see the glowing light of uh, of Gerald's wings silhouetting Zeke's large form as he poses <laughs> <laughs> next to Barnabas's prone body. <laughs> Barnabas, he me! Good throw, chap. <laughs> and um, uh, I assume you go to join them? It, yes. Uh, as soon as you stop whistling, uh, Zeke, uh, the horde uh, of hand mouth monsters doesn't disperse, it spreads. Uh, it just starts like, uh, eat, like, because it doesn't take more than one to take out a lot of these things. So they just like start splitting up and like two or three of them start like, like b- boring their way into the heart of like one of the gorilla monsters. A, uh, there's one uh, snake thing that like jumps up to try and grab something and gets its face grabbed by one of these uh, hand creatures that like just like blood shoots out it like it like goes into the ground with it like and then comes back out like crawls its way back out of the ground and then pushes off with its fingers floating up in the air again you have no idea how that works and uh and then zips towards uh another thing killing it uh what do you guys do shoot the flare shoot the flare shoot the flare we have to get higher um <coughs> we gotta get onto the roof so you, you are on the roof of a building. We're on the roof of a very short building, though. Yeah, second story, yeah. So I think if we can, we sort of, with Gerald and I helping, maybe we can, like, jump. From roof to roof to try and get a little uh, a little bit of a better place away from this disaster? Yes. Yeah, sure. Uh, as you guys are getting ready to do that, you hear... And it echoes. And uh, all the creatures are like... And they all stop for a split second. And uh, directly across from you guys, um, a uh, dilapidated building bursts outwards, uh, and you see a member of Team Odlin uh, power through it. Um, you see it's uh, it's the one that is encased entirely in a metal suit with like some kind of engine on its back with like a bubbling green tank of like some kind of uh, chemical that seems about half empty right now. Uh, and uh, he's holding a giant like wrench uh, as like a, as like a club. And uh, he just like cracks the head of, uh, of one of the, um, gorilla monsters and then in a sweeping strike like hits like two more of the raptors and uh moving into the position behind him the clearing that he had just made you see um the uh another member of team odlin the taller one with the uh gilded metal face um and like the bowler cap um he uh he comes out and he raises his arm where he's got that like tube uh, some kind of weapon attached to his forearm and uh, it goes foom, 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 and shoots out like a spread of grenades that starts like blowing up a lot of these creatures which are now starting to pull back and disperse a little bit um, and uh, you see that as he's like spreading out uh, his arms to like shoot these grenades he's got a giant gaping hole in his uh, in his chest like a rip like you see internal organs you see uh, like uh, his like bone like a bone or two sticking out of his rib cage and you by all accounts think that that should be a mortal wound across a man's heart but he is just like seems completely unfazed uh and then the uh one of the gorilla monsters starts like barreling towards them and the um the large one in the in the metal like suit hunkers down and the engine on its back goes and 
propels him forward, and he just he just hits one of the gorillas like head on. You hear the crack of that thing's rib cage as he pushes it and slams it against another building, which starts to like cave in a little bit. And he goes back hitting. And now they've made like a pretty good perimeter around this uh, this building that they burst out of. And you see a some kind of grappling hook type thing uh, zip out of the shadows of the building and grab onto the uh, the top of the fountain and you realize looking at it it's it's not a grappling hook it's actually a hand and uh the hand is attached with a very very long cord uh to another member of team oddland who is now zipping towards the uh fountain it's the one who is covered in some kind of like leathery clockwork uh uh suit uh showing only his uh the bottom half of his face and he zips up uh reconnecting his arm to his hand and then uh swoops down uh like swings down uh gracefully uh while he's holding on with like a hand and like pressed his foot into a foothold and he grabs the receiver of the uh, of the radio and starts talking to it. Uh, all the while, these other uh, the other two members of Team Odlin just like <clears throat> decimating these hordes of monsters that are trying to get to him as they've made a, a, a perimeter, uh, each one of them covering half of the fountain. What do you guys do? <laughs> Run away. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, with uh, Talia and... Um, Gerald's assistance with their uh, with their wings, you guys are able to like slowly like make your way up slightly taller buildings to new footholds and stuff. Uh, I just want you guys to roll sneaking for me really quick. One. Okay. Fourteen. Sure. Fourteen and four. Okay. So uh, you guys get to your position. Uh, do you shoot the flare to get yes. evac? Uh, you shoot the flare up the air. Goes whoosh. And it bursts, it shoots up this, like, bright red and green, uh, uh, like, glow that kind of lingers in the air, kind of, like, floating slightly in the wind, but still, like, kind of more just, like, holding its position as it slowly descends to the ground. And uh, you guys wait there for a little bit. You can hear the sounds of the city still all around, just like... And uh, uh, it does seem to be dying down a little bit. It's almost like the city's starting to go back to sleep now that, like, madness has, like, more or less been dealt with. Uh, you Very, very far in the distance, you hear another... Um, and um, you're sitting there looking up. You're not sure uh, what to expect. And then... Uh, over the over the din of the chaos below you guys, you hear and you see breaking through the clouds a very, very beat up looking silver spittoon. Uh, two of its engines seem to be out um, and the other two are like shooting like black smoke. Uh, there seems to be like a couple like deep burns along the hole uh, and uh, the uh, like the armor plating on the um, uh, on the balloon seems like melted uh, and uh, it like kind of like swoops down towards you guys uh, and uh, like a, like a rope ladder like drops down and you hear uh, Percival go all right let's go this is this is a madhouse <laughs> agreed I climb up the rope ladder all right um Talia and Gerald, you float up. Uh, Zeke, you still in big form with long swinging arm motions, pull your way up the rope ladder really quickly. Barnabas, you're uh, the the um, uh, the ship starts taking off while you're still on rope ladder mode, but. Zeke, I assume you're. Yeah, I'm pulling the rope ladder up. Yeah, you're pulling them up really quickly. Um, as uh, as you get hurled over the the top 
uh, or onto the top side, uh, Barnabas, you almost lose your hat and you reach back over to grab it. And as you grab it, you pull it away and right behind it, as you're like pulling it away, you see uh, one of the hand monsters <laughs> fly past you and go straight for, uh, uh, straight for Jebediah. And Jebediah turns and like tries to swing at it with his uh, wrench, um, and uh, in that moment, it uh, it seems to uh, lash out to attack his uh, his arm. Um, what do you guys do? I would like to heroically shoot it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, that's a twenty-one on heroics. Okay, another plus six to your accuracy. That's a twenty-three on accuracy. All right. Uh, so it, uh, it reaches out, uh, to grab, uh, uh, Jebediah's arm. He swings wildly at it and it just like shoots out those like tentacle, like razor sharp teeth, uh, that, uh, start to wrap around and you, uh, really quickly pull out your gun, uh, Zeke and shoot it. And, uh, you pop off, uh, three of its five fingers, uh, damaging one of its two eyes. And, uh, and like, uh, it like, goes like, and uh and starts to fly uh limp limply down but its teeth did wrap around uh uh Jebediah's wrist and uh Jebediah loses his balance and falls uh, overboard and before any of you have a chance to react Talia I assume you're firing up your wings getting ready yes <laughs> um Percival's already overboard I grab the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Talia, you, you know, instinctively like zipped up in the air or what do you, what do you do? I suppose I jump over. Yeah. You jump over, um, uh, getting ready to like save Percival and Jebediah now. I don't know how I'm going to do it. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you see as Percival like has like, uh, like, like made himself super like aerodynamic to like catch up with Jebediah who's instinctively like made himself very wide to try and not fall and Percival uh, collides with him and you see as Percival hands him something and then just like grabs on for dear life and Jebediah turns and points uh, a gun in your direction uh, and shoots and uh, just passing you a grappling hook snags on to the uh, airship and the two are now being towed by the airship and uh, and the, like the the grappling hook starts going like, <laughs> <laughs> and starts slowly pulling them up toward uh, towards the airship. I go back on the top of the ship. <laughs> A little bit of time passes, and then and you see them pull themselves over and just like lay down, like panting for breath on the like deck. And uh, Percival lazily pats Jebediah's chest and goes, "Don't." Don't go dying on me, motherfucker. <laughs> and Jebediah's like, wouldn't dream of it. <sighs> and then Percival goes, Zeke, you, you got the ship, you know, you're good where you're going. Yeah, away. Okay, and Jebediah, and Jebediah goes, Talia, can you see to the engines? <laughs> of course. Um, I'm going to look at his arm first. Yeah, it's pretty cut up. I'm going to try and fix it. Sure, roll some uh, science. 16. Okay. You, you know, wrap it up so it's not bleeding or anything. It wasn't as deep as it could have been since uh, Zeke kind of, like, destroyed the thing before it could really get a good hold. Right. Um, it was more like the shock of being attacked by a hand monster that made Jebediah go overboard. <laughs> um, and in the distance, you guys hear the, like, like roaring sounds of Pal old Paldorus. I push the engines a little harder to make them louder. <laughs> <laughs> 
I make sure they don't explode. <laughs> All right. You guys uh, continue on into the distance. Um, you guys, uh, your your next checkpoint is almost directly south of Lixig. Um, it isn't actually an exact coordinates for where it would be, but it is uh, it is actually the storm ship known as the Purity Aloft, which uh, is currently residing over the island just south of the mainland of Old Paldors, the large island, uh, uh, which has been named Jinzi. Uh, and um, I assume you start heading that way, Zeke. I head south. Percival and Jebediah pass out. Um, and you guys are flying off into the night. Um, it will probably take you uh, a couple days to get to uh, Jinzi, where you should probably be able to spot a storm ship wherever it's floating. <laughs> they stand out. <laughs> Is anyone trying to achieve anything during those two days? Not particularly. Okay, eventually uh, Jebediah does come to you and helps you tend to the engines, Talia, and make sure you get some rest. Um, and uh, he, uh, he kind of looks at how like shaken all of you seem, and uh, he kicks open a floorboard, reaches down, rummages around a little bit, and pulls out like a bottle of like nice rum. And he's like, let's uh, let's all have a drink and just forget what we saw, hey? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds great. Sure. You really want me to drink while I fly this thing? Oh, I, I can I can relieve you, Zeke. You go ahead and relax, says uh, Percival. As all right. he, uh, I get real small and I drink a lot. Okay. I also have some. <laughs> <laughs> you all just kind of like powwow sitting cross-legged on the front of this uh, dinky old airship, um, uh, having a couple <laughs> drinks, talking a little bit, uh, maybe about what you saw and maybe just about something else. Uh, Jebediah was more than willing to talk about what happened or more than willing to distract you guys with random stories about what he and Percival have done before in the past. Oh, um, I'm totally retelling my side of the story <laughs> very excitedly. Uh and uh, do, uh, Zeke and Talia, are you guys interested in talking about it or do you want to drink and forget? I, <laughs> Talia, remember when that raptor almost landed on you, but I <laughs> shot it right at the last second? <laughs> That's going into my book for sure. Oh, good. Oh, and you should have seen Zeke throw me into the other building. Memorialized forever. <laughs> He, uh, he lets you talk a little bit, Barnabas, and then starts uh, branching off into stories to make you end up talking about other things than what happened uh, to try and give Talia and Zeke peace of mind. Um, and uh, The whole tree village was on fire. So. <laughs> I am. Um, well, Barnabas is being Barnabas. I just kind of like hand the bottle to Talia. It was a really nice place once. I believe you. I take a swig, <laughs> as ladylike as I can, <laughs> uh, and and I, and I pass it back to him, and I go, "I'm sorry." I drink a lot. <laughs> um, Thanks, and I pass it around. Uh, go ahead and roll. Uh, notice everyone at a minus two. <laughs> and I got an eleven. And Barnabas sixteen. And Talia ten. All right. Uh, at different moments throughout uh, your guys' uh, uh, like kind of mini rum party with Jebediah, um, where you see like Jebediah is being very, very like a very gracious host and like entertaining you guys and trying to attend to your needs. Uh, each one of you at, at your own moment kind of glance up and see like Percival like every once in a while like glance down and like and just like soak in the scene of you all kind of sitting on the deck and like smile to himself and then go back to like piloting. 
Uh, and uh, a couple days pass. Things kind of fall back into the normal rhythm on the Silver <laughs> Spittoon. And um, uh, eventually, uh, you know, midday on the second day, uh, you see the landmass of the large volcanic island of Jinzi, a uh, jagged uh, black rock. Zeke, you know that the Purity Aloft was one of the storm ships that did not turn to piracy. Um, it instead uh, decided that um, when basically when Old Paldoris became the disaster land it is now, uh, they gave up all hope of reclaiming that land, but still felt like they shouldn't be living in the storm ship. They felt like they could do better for their people impurity aloft and so they try they've been uh, attempting to populate this inhospitable island of Jinzi. Um they have set ones uh, a, a couple cities one of which you guys are passing over which is the uh, the small really more like a town than a city uh, of purity um and off way in the distance almost like center mass of the island you guys see the large uh, imposing shape of this floating city that is a storm ship. Um, and, uh, as you guys approach it, you, you, uh, Zeke with your, with your gnomish vision, uh, can see far enough ahead that you see, uh, a ship, a very, very heavily armored, um, but still very agile, uh, Paldoran ship undock from the storm ship and start heading your guys's way, um, flashing like a, a light, which, you know, signals like stop. Um, you should cut the engines, Percival. Right, right. And let me do the talking. Yeah, uh, it's, 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 uh, Jebediah, we're, we're here. It's okay. It's, it's not, it's not Jinzi's hammer. It's just the purity aloft. They're, they're good people. <laughs> 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 Uh, Percival seems a little, a little like shaken as he sees the, the form of the storm ship and, uh, this, this armored airship, uh, which it really just like outclasses and, uh, and outsizes the silver spittoon in every way, um, starts approaching you guys. Um, and that's where we'll end today's session. Those hand monsters are the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Terrifying. This podcast has been brought to you by ENPC Productions, all rights reserved. The Essential NPCs podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, sponsored, or specifically approved by Cracked Monocle Gaming. Tefra, the steampunk RPG, is a trademark of Cracked Monocle Gaming, all rights reserved. Go to www.crackedmonocle.com for more information.